Christ. But beyond that, we kind of got a new vision for what church could be. And although most of us probably saw, at some point in time, saw church as some lifeless, antiquated Sunday function, now we see the church as the Bible presents it, as the redemptive hope of the world. And when you see church that way, it changes everything. You're not looking for ways to escape fake sickness, stuff like that. Well, the, the late management guru, Peter Drucker, he arranged his entire life to helping churches instead of being uh, continuing to be a really highly paid consultant to corporations. And this is what he said. He said, I finally came to understand that out of all the organizations in the world, only two of them are changing the lives of human beings. One, he said, it's 12-step programs. The other, he said, it's local churches. And out of the two, only one changes eternity. Only one. It's the church. We are part of the instrument that God is using to bring his hope into the world. God bless you. So, what has God called us, like church, specifically to do? How does he want us to accomplish it? Is it our goal to just get more people to go to church? Or is there more? What is what lots of us like to call the big idea? The big idea. Well, you've heard us say this many times. You've seen it in print many times, probably. It is to keep company with God and learn a life of love. Say those words with me. To keep company with God and learn a life of love. Comes up Ephesians 5.2 from the Message Translation. That's our big idea. That's what we're called by God to lead people into. So here's a question. This is a telling question. Is that something that you want to be true for your own life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a problem. That's like our quest, and nobody even wants that. So it's something that we do want for our lives. So how do we go about accomplishing that? I'm really glad you asked that question. <laughs> We're going to look at it this way. With three concentric circles, there's a big circle, a middle circle, and an inner circle. This is an image that's going to help us remember how we do what God called us to do. These three circles represent three environments that we create here at Life Church, and we always will. Remember, is it our goal for people just to go to church? No. We want them to keep company with God and learn a life of love. And we talked about that a little while ago. We want them to progress in their Christian journey. So we think about steps and progression. Movement. There should be movement that goes on from from outer circle to middle middle circle to inner circle. And a helpful way to kind of comprehend this is to assign people groups to each of these circles. The outer circle is the crowd. The middle circle is the congregation. The inner circle is the core. So we've got outer circle, middle, and inner circle. The crowd, the congregation, the core. Now I'm going to translate this into home terms, things that we're very familiar with, home terms. We're going to talk about the front door, the living room, and the kitchen. The outer circle is the front door. The middle circle is the living room. The inner circle is the kitchen. They live in. That outer circle is it represents the front door environment of the church, the main entry point. Where people are introduced to life church. Right now, that's it's our Sunday service. It's this. In time, there could be many more. But coming to Sunday service is not the sum total 
of what we want for people. It's not the end all, it's the beginning, the beginning. We want, it's where we want people to start, but it's not the sum total of our hope for them. Why? Because we want them to keep company with God and learn a life of love. That's what we want for people. And although people might start learning how to keep company with God in this environment, there's really not much of an opportunity for them to really learn a life of love. In order to do that, you've got to connect with people. And there are other environments, better environments, for that purpose. But what does a front door represent? It represents really the official entry into your home. And uh, for lots of people, if someone comes through your front door, they're either a guest or they're delivering something. Because like family comes in through the garage or through the kitchen door or whatever, it's really, really common. But that front door is the most formal area of your home and it's where we welcome guests, where we welcome guests. And in our front door environment of the church, we expect guests. There are people here that I invite here, that you invite here. But just like in your home, at that front door, there are certain things that you probably don't do with guests, certain family routines that you don't do. You don't change who you are, you don't change your values or what you believe, but there are things you don't talk about with guests at the front door. You don't talk about your finances or your kids' grades or your marriage problems at the front door with guests. That's just normal. That's normal. That's how we look at our Sunday service. We take great time and effort to carefully present the gospel for everyone here, but we do so with the knowledge that there are guests in our home. It happens regularly here. It happens all the time. Little side note here. You might hear churches, you might have read about it and heard about people uh, talking about churches being relevant. And that's fine. And in my opinion, it's kind of a given, sort of a duh factor. Why even do a church if you're planning on being irrelevant? But that's a, I don't want us to just be relevant. I mean, I want us to be magnetic, compelling. When people walk out after a live church service to visit here, I don't want them to say, that was relevant. I don't want to say that. I want them to say, wow, I had, I had no idea. I'm not even sure yet what I believe, but I was intrigued, and this is compelling, and I want to come back and figure this thing out. People feel that. That's a win. That's a win. Here's the truth, though. Because we know that we're being true to God's call here, and we believe that people really are better off coming here to Life Church than not coming to Life Church, if that's true, which it is, then we never ever have to apologize for making an effort to bring visitors here. We don't have to apologize for that. Matter of fact, part of what we want to accomplish with your guest or my guest is just earn another Sunday visit for them to be intrigued enough to want to come back for more. Because if that happens, if that's exactly what happens, then they will have another encounter with the Holy Spirit, and we trust Him anyway. We trust Him. That's a front door environment. We're expecting guests. Remember, it's not the end point. Sunday service is not the end point. It's the beginning point. We don't want anybody to stay near the front door. I mean, if people come to your house and they just hover around the front door, that's weird, right? It's weird. We don't want that. We want them to progress. We want to move people from the outer circle to the middle circle. We want them to move from that Sunday front door environment 
to the middle circle, reverence, deaths, and progression, movement, the front door is not the end all, it's the starting point. Here's the middle, the middle circle just, it's the living room. And if the front door corresponds to guests, the living room corresponds to friends, friends. The next environment for progression is the congregation. Maybe you've wondered why we do uh, outside activities, you know, an ice cream party, a game night, a Christmas party, life group, why do we do stuff like that? It's a different environment for a different purpose. Those activities are so people can more easily connect with others. Remember, where we take the people, we keep company with God and learn a life of love. That learning a life of love part takes a place, takes place when you begin to connect with real, like human beings, real people. Because there are people that come into these doors, they come in here, sit in the service at Life Church, and they're thinking, can I fit in here? Can I connect with people here? It's a silent, subtle question, but it's there. Maybe you're there right now. We were all there once. We've always been. We were there once. So while these events, a game night, an ice cream night, a Christmas party, you know, small groups in people's homes, while it doesn't seem inherently spiritual on the surface, Really, something incredible is taking place as part of the mission of this church. It's creating an environment for people to connect. And I, I, I talk about a lot beginning to connect for a reason, because relationships just take time to develop. They've got to begin somewhere, and the front door environment, the Sunday service, is not the optimal place for that relational development to take place. It's not designed to do that. So if you only come on Sunday morning, you're not going to connect with people. But on the same token, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna poke you a little bit here. If you look at these middle circle events, these living room connecting events, life groups and stuff like that, and you say, you know, I've got plenty of friends, so I'll just skip these things. I'll skip those events. That is exceedingly selfish. Exceed, not a little selfish, that's exceedingly selfish. Basically, you're thumbing your nose at newer people, and you might as well say, I could care less if anybody else connects. I've got my friends. I'm good. These living room environments are where people go home afterwards, and they say things like, I got to meet some people tonight. Now I finally have somebody to sit with on Sunday. Or we met another couple, and I have a kid on it. Or I got to meet somebody that I've seen around church but never got a chance to meet. Or in our life group discussion tonight, I found out that Bob likes diner food just as much as I do, and so we're meeting for breakfast next Thursday. That may not sound like a big deal to you. It's more important than you can imagine. That's moving from the front door to the living room. It's moving from the outer circle to the middle circle. It's moving from the crowd to the congregation. It's beginning to walk through life with people who are getting to know the real you. That's important. We want nobody to stand alone. Nobody. We want everybody to get connected. We want everybody to be a part of a life group. We want everybody to share their life with others. Remember the goal. Keep company with God and learn a life of love with real people. And we're launching some brand new life groups coming up late this month, so keep your ears up. Tune in for that. Life groups are, are probably where this learning the life of love part takes.
takes place more than any other environment because there relationships grow, discipleship takes place, healthy accountability happens, people feel cared for, they feel heard, effective corporate prayer takes place. We want everybody to end up in a life group, not just the small group junkies, but everybody. That's the living room, okay? So the front door and the living room. The next environment is this, this inner circle. This is the kitchen, the kitchen environment. Here's another question. When people who are pretty close to you come over to your home, where do you usually end up hanging out? In and around at the kitchen, right? The inner circle, these kitchen environments represent finding a place to serve at Life Church. These are the core people. So if services, some of the services correspond to guests, and the living room events, the connecting events, correspond to friends, then the kitchen, these inner circle things, correspond to family. It's, it's all about taking a small piece of responsibility for Life Church. Think about this. When you have people coming over to your home, it's usually the family members that are the ones getting the place ready, doing whatever it takes to make sure the place is all set and the thing goes off according to plan. They understand that it takes all of us doing our part to make sure that we're ready to accomplish something. Okay? I can sit back and watch Bonnie do it all, but that usually doesn't go over very well. Maybe the most significant spiritual moments in my life in my life, came when I stepped up and got intentionally involved in doing something with the church. Helping out with kids or with youth. Hosting a life group. Volunteering to be part of a missions team. Joining a set-up team. Leading a small group. Whatever it may be. Those were significant steps forward for me. And a lot of you can name the same, same kind of things. I did this and that was really a step forward. When I got involved and started doing this, it was a huge step for me. It changes how you think about what we do here at the church. Owning a small piece makes it feel like you matter to the cause because you're a part owner. You're a stockholder. It's a big deal. It's a big change. Now, our best shot at fulfilling God's call for us, which is to keep company with God and learn a life of love, our best shot at fulfilling that is for all of us to pursue this progression from outer to middle to inner, from living room to, I mean, from front door to living room to kitchen, to keep moving forward. Now, here's a big deal. Beyond all that, we should all be able to answer the question, this question. What do you do at Life Church? What do you do at Life Church? Well, that's easy. I host a life group. I help set up with someone. I help out at the nursery once a month. I'm in the rotation at the Geared Kids Church. I help with the worship team. I help with special events, whatever the case may be. Let there be your small part of owning Life Church. Now, if you're newer here, you're exempt for a while. You're off the hook. But if you've been here for more than an introductory season, you need to be progressing. You need to be moving ahead. Oh, you go to Life Church? What do you do there? Oh. Well, I, I go on Sundays, and I'm in a small group, and I'm starting to help out with blank. That's a healthy answer, and it's not too much. <laughs> it is not too much.
you take a piece of the ownership. Your life comes to life. You can have long discussions with Bonnie or me. We will say, that those were trigger points in my life when we took steps forward of involvement and responsibility. Outer circle, the middle circle, the inner circle. And the crowd and the congregation to the core. From the front door to the living room to the kitchen. From being a guest, being a friend, being part of the family. Progression. Chosen 
for the, on the, the long haul to engage and to serve. You're reaping the benefit of doing so. And truly, it's probably easier elsewhere. I've done both. It can be easier, a lot easier, to sit in the back of a big church and just be a taker. I've done it. Not as rewarding. Not as rewarding. So instead, instead of that, lots of you doing stuff like, you know, putting crafts together at midnight on Saturday so kids will have them at kids' church in the morning. Then you go out there and working on worship music on Friday or Saturday, and you could be doing other stuff. Or you're dragging Christmas decorations across Orlando to put up or put away or something like that when you're tired and you don't feel well. Or you're creating slides or video on Sunday morning at 4 o'clock in the morning when your computer keeps freezing up. <laughs> or showing up early in the rain to put signs out or make coffee or put banners up or whatever. You're the core of Life Church. And God sees every second of effort and care that you put into it. Every second. He doesn't miss anything. But we're going into a brand new year here at Life Church. And it's the opportunity of a lifetime for you to say, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. And when you roll up your sleeves and you say, I'm not just going to be a spectator or a taker. No. I'm going I'm to I'm lock in and I'm going to be part of the, the core team of this church because now you realize this is the stuff that life is made of. I, I really can't convey to you how God has been building this sense of anticipation about the future in my spirit. And I'm not trying to be funny. I can say this literally. I don't have anything better to do. <laughs> I don't. Because there is nothing better to do. There is another challenge on planet Earth that I'd rather devote my whole life to than developing the potential, the unrealized potential of this church. There's nothing I'd rather do. This church was, was birthed in the heart of God. He wanted us to, wanted to see us give our dead level best to help people be company with God and learn a life of love. Because doing that creates the very best version of you. Doing that creates the very best version of you. The foundation's already laid. The team continues to be assembled. And I believe, friends, that our future at Life Church holds signs and wonders and miracles and conversions and reconciliations and restorations like we've not yet seen. I believe that's what the future is holding for all of us who want to be a part. I only get one vote, but I say I'm all in. I'm all in. And I hope you are too. I want you to bow your heads and pray. Lord, it is an, an honor, it's a privilege to be called upon to be a part of your precious bride on this earth. What you call the hope of the world. We get to be a part of that. And God, I don't, I don't want to be a spectator. I don't want to be a taker. But we get one short life. Help us to spend it for you, Lord. For your purposes on earth. That we might join together and be part of a team that is accomplishing what you want to accomplish in our world, in this little man of the world. So Lord, work through us. Do the work inside of us, Lord, for those that hold back and, 
and hesitate to move forward. Just give them the option to take a step forward and see what you do. Thank you for the privilege of serving alongside such wonderful people. I am so blessed, and I recognize it's a gift from you. God continue to build this, continue to build my church into something that honors you and glorifies you. We know you can do this, Lord. Yeah, we believe that you will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, what's your stand? If, you're, uh, if you have a prayer need of some sort, you're here and you've got something weighing on your heart, a burden of some sort, and it's physical, relational, financial, whatever. Uh, if you want prayer, we have a few of our friends that will be in the back corner of the room for a few minutes after the service, available for you. So talk to them. Pray with them. That's part of the highlight of their day when someone comes to them to, to uh, talk and pray. Okay? Um, remember, in, uh, in about five minutes right here, we're going to have a salt meeting. It won't be very long. It'll be a brief one this time around. I uh, hope you'll stick around and, uh, and we'll, we'll salt some stuff together. Uh, go in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And remember, the God who came still comes, and the God who spoke still speaks. God bless you. Happy New Year.